Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. Hello, good evening, welcome to Eyewitness News coming to you live from our studios here at number 11, Dr. Martin Loop in Adabraka in Accra. My name is Salom Adonu. Tonight I'm here with Akosia Ochre. Coming up over the next 90 minutes. Speaker, today I'm out. Now do so by introducing to you Mr. Alex Afenyomakin Kwamena, who takes over for me as the new majority. There's a day in my life that I never saw with coming. FUTU MP Afenu Markin takes over from Oseche Mensabunsu as majority leader of Ghana's parliament amidst an easy calm within the ranks of the governing party. What should be on his bucket list as the MPP hopes? to break the eight. Also coming up, Hilo Krobo District Hospital in the eastern region faces possible disconnection from the national grid over a 1.3 million city debt owed electricity company of Ghana. More on this later. Still on eyewitness news persons with disability dispute claims by the Youth Employment Authority that some former toll workers have been employed by the agency. We'll hear from them shortly. Stay with 97.3 City FM for more on this and other stories on eyewitness news and in business tax analysts optimistic of positive outcome after audit firm kpmg presents findings on gra sml deal there is more business in the next 50 minutes eyewitness news is live across the country on all our affiliates and around the globe at citynewsroom.com your comments are welcome via whatsapp line 0549 and of course we are live across um, the, uh, the our partner stations in the country um, in the Western region, this is Ajunipa, 100.7 FM in Takwa. Sky Power, 93.5 FM in Takradi and Beach, 105.5 FM also in Takradi. In the Bono region, this is Greener, um, 95.9 FM in Sunyani. In Ashanti region, Focus, 94.3 FM. And Orange, 107.9 FM, both in the Ashanti region, Okumasi. In the Volta region, Revival, 99.3 FM in Tajavu. And VOV Radio, 95.7 in Hohoi. In the Northern region, this is Radio Bimbila, 91.9 FM. And Upper East region, this is Quality, 88.7 FM in Garu. And in the Upper West region, Tunson, 97.3 FM in Wa. And also Jirapa, 96 uh, 0.1 FM. You can follow me on Twitter um, at Salom Adunu. The hashtag, as always, is City um, Newsroom. Um, Akosia will give us our very first story. Other former majority leader, Serge Mensabunsu, has issued a rallying call to members of the majority caucus, urging them to extend the same level of support that marked his tenure as majority leader to the incoming leadership. His formal announcement of resignation in parliament on Friday, February 23, came after previously notifying the caucus of his decision uh, to bow out. Now, Chairman Sabunzu emphasized the importance of unity among the caucus. Let's hear him speak on the floor of parliament. Mr. Speaker, 
It was amidst the discussions that at a meeting of the caucus, which the president had requested, I attended my resignation as majority leader in order to still the storm and facilitate peace and unity required for a party at this time. The speaker, that decision that I made was not within the presence of parliament. This morning, I summoned the caucus meeting to formally announce to my colleagues that I have elected voluntarily to step down as a majority leader and by that leader of the house. Ahead of the meeting, the National Party had been informed and invited to this meeting that happened this morning. As regard the majority caucus has over the past few days been conferring and consulting with the National Party to fill the vacancy created in the leadership of the caucus, especially since the Honorable Sir Malasson, the first deputy majority whip, has been nominated for ministerial position. At the caucus meeting this early morning, the caucus, by consensus, concluded that the Honorable Alexander Kwamena Afenyamaki, the Member of Parliament for Efutu, and until now the Deputy Majority Leader, should take the place of yours truly, Osage Mezabu's Member of Parliament for Swami, as the Majority Leader and Leader of the House with immediate effect that is consequent upon the, this communication. The National Council of the New Patriotic Party meeting this morning has accepted this proposal. The Council, in consultation with the caucus, has further approved of the following members of Parliament to occupy the following respective positions. One, MS Patricia PJ, MP for Asukwa. Asukwa in Kumasi, not Adansi Asukwa. As Deputy Majority Leader. Frank Anodompre, MP for Isam Adwajiri, retains his position as Majority Chief Whip. The Honorable Alhaji Habib Idrusu, the Member of Parliament for Tolong, goes one rank higher on the ladder and now assumes the position of First Deputy Majority Whip. And the Second Deputy Majority Whip's position is now to be occupied by the Honorable Alex Tete Jonibua, the Member of Parliament for Sefi Akontomra. Mr. Speaker, let me take the opportunity to thank you for the cooperation and collaboration that existed between you and I over the entire period that our paths crossed here in Parliament. As a leader, I've had to work with many of my compatriots on the other side of the political divide. Majority and minority leaders from the NDC, beginning with your good self, Right Honorable Alban Shumana Kingsford back then, even though we belong to different sides of the political spectrum. And the working relationship the speaker has translated into such close relationship that sometimes people begin to think that 
Perhaps we are hiding something from the rest of the members of parliament. But it's all to encourage a smooth transition of government business and indeed the cost of the country in parliament. I thank them all, including in particular those others who have been in leadership, close or expanded. The Speaker, Parliament has given me visibility in many international fora. I've been the Africa Regional Chairman of the African Parliamentarians Network Against Corruption for four years. I've been the Vice Chairman of the Global Organization of Parliamentarians Against Corruption for four years. I've been an Executive Committee member of the Africa Regional Chapter of the Commonwealth Parliamentary Association for 15 continuous years. I've been the Vice Chairman of CPA International for three years, unprecedented in the annals of the CPA International. I've been a Chairman of one of only four committees at the IPU for two terms. I've been a member of the Parliament and leader of Ghana's representation. All these because the Parliament of Ghana has provided me the platform and supported me. I'm eternally grateful to the Parliament of Ghana. Speaker, today I bow out. And I do so by introducing to you Mr. Alex Afenomarkin Kwamena, who takes over from me as the new majority leader. That was former Majority Leader Osei Sabunsu. Now let's hear from the new Majority Leader Alexander Penyomarking, who affirmed his dedication to foster a collaborative atmosphere between the majority and minority caucuses. Colleagues in leadership, colleague members of parliament, parliamentary staff, our friends in the media. Today is a day in my life that I never saw it coming. My journey in life has been very checkered. It's been rough and sometimes it's as if there's going to be no light at the end of the tunnel. But today, I stand before you with profound humility and great honor to say that the party NPP has honored me to be the primus of this great chamber. Mr. Speaker, I take the opportunity here to share a few words. As a member of Efutu, a member of Parliament for Efutu, and a proud son of Winneba in the Central Region and Chairman in the Volta Region of Ghana, my long journey to this podium, as you may be well aware, received a lot of setbacks. In my early days, I received a call from Honorable Obi Amor that leader was traveling all the way to Hanoi, Vietnam, and he was supposed to be part of the trip, but for some reasons, 
he could not make it. And he has requested that I join leader in his stead. Mr. Speaker, upon arrival in Hanoi, in one of the nights, Honorable Osei Mensah had a good discussion with me. He advised that I stay close to the standing orders. And he realized that many people don't pay attention to the standing orders. He added that if you do it well and you discipline yourself, perhaps you may succeed me. You may never know. Mr. Speaker, when we got to Kenya for a long transit, we again had this conversation. And in this conversation, he repeated saying, Today is a day. Honorable Minority Leader, let me assure you that we're going to have a time of bipartisanship. I want to assure you of my commitment. The situation is when you are playing number five, you are the defender, you are supposed to be abrasive. But now as a striker, I cannot use that strategy. So there will be no more air at all. We are going to work together because the happiness and the unity of this house shall materially depend on me. And I cannot afford to allow Ronka to prevail. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, the venerable, the venerable Mr. Speaker, the Venerable MP for Swami, Honorable Oseche Minisabonso, is an institution, no doubt. It's a big shoe I'm going to wear. And I recall Harun Eseku telling me that MPP is not easy to be a leader. And I know behind me are professors, doctors, lawyers, businessmen. They know it. Is going to be tough. My colleagues, I call on your cooperation. I call on your support. And I also, Mr. Speaker, invoke the support and blessing of those ascendant leaders of this house to enjoy me with such fortitude not to fail in this hour of trial, but walk through the valley of the shadow of death and rise like the stars in heaven. Mr. Speaker, we've been struck with post-COVID consequences. We are having situation in Ukraine and Russia where, Mr. Speaker, world trade is being disrupted. So no government is having it easy. But, Mr. Speaker, I want to assure my colleagues that together I will be committed into ensuring that we work hard to break the eight. Honorable Minority Leader, I just want to plead that in this hallowed chamber, let us do everything we can to promote democracy. Let us assure our people that we don't fight in this chamber. 
that in this chamber we discuss issues, we deliberate without personalizing it. I promise you that. And even as we go out there to talk to our people, let us make them understand that the essence of democracy is to discuss ideas. After all, both parties have had the opportunity to govern this country before. You are coming back seeking the mandate with your old records, which records we know. We are coming in with our existing records and our new visionary leader, which you know. So, Mr. Speaker, let's set out the issues and make sure that the right things are done. Let me thank you most sincerely for your kind audience. And please, colleagues, please, colleagues, I would count on your cooperation. Hey, Atu. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Majority Leader Alexander Penyomarkin speaking there. Now, the Minority Leader Dr. Casey Latoforsing has conveyed a sense of loss following Chairman Sabunsu's departure from his position as Majority Leader. I thank you for the opportunity to bid our respected former colleague and counterpart from across the aisle, the Honorable Former Majority Leader and a member of parliament for Swami, a befitting farewell as he officially exits the majority front bench. So, Speaker, news of his un unexpected re resignation hit all of us on the night of Wednesday, 21st February 2024, as we continue to ponder over how this house will overcome the huge void that he has created by his untimely exit from leadership. We cannot help, Mr. Speaker, but respect his decision to take a bow. Without a doubt, right, Honorable Speaker, the venerable former leader of this House will be fondly missed. Just like your good self, right, Honorable Speaker, your contemporary, the Honorable OKMB, Asset Chairman Sabonsu, has left a mark and a permanent to probably prove difficult to surpass in the annals of our legislation for years to come. I dare say, right honorable speaker, that his knowledge and experience of parliamentary practice and procedures can be matched by very few members of parliament. Having been a deputy majority leader, chief whip, majority chief whip, of course, Deputy Majority Leader, Leader and Minister of State for Parliamentary Affairs, Minority Leader, Majority Leader, and Minister for Parliamentary Affairs. He rose full cycle through all the ranks of both minority and majority front bench of this August House. Many include my good self, who attest to his leadership style, brilliance, rigor, and attention for detail, his unique humane and personable nature that has always commended by most people. Mr. Speaker, as he leaves the majority front bench now towards his final bow, my earnest wish is that he will be kind to avail his wealthy experience and knowledge to members of this house from both sides to tap in. This house, by extension, 
the good people of Ghana. I exceedingly grateful. We thank selfless, selfless and patriotic service to the people of Ghana. Mr. Speaker, as I take my seat, I also wish to welcome and congratulate my colleague, my new colleague, and a friend, the Honorable Afenio Makin, as he takes his seat as the majority leader. Mr. Speaker, no more AATO. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Dr. Kaysel Atoforsen is minority leader. Let's also hear from Speaker of Parliament, Alban Sumana Kinsford Bagbing, uh, who gave his uh, speech after that presentation from the minority leader. Your leader has given you some indication. He's not my leader. He's your leader. <laughs> And so please, patience, tolerance, and understanding. In politics, we agree to disagree. And we must conduct that disagreement in civility, in decorum, and in dignity. Now, I gave this opportunity, and I'm happy that all of you have been very candid and honest. What you have just stated is unknown to the public. They don't know that we work together as a family, that we help each other, that we counsel each other, all for the benefit of our people. We are all focused on the national interest. The way you stated it, I can tell you it will have effect an impact on national discourse. We are not at war. That is not what politics is about. It's about agreeing to disagree. It's about acknowledgement of our diversity, our differences. It's about thinking together, agreeing, accepting decisions together, and moving in the direction that we've all agreed to move. And so I'm happy that all this has been said, and we have a committee of assurances. Now, that committee of assurances is now not only for ministers, it also covers members, especially leaders. You have listened to them. They have given you assurances. We will make sure that they go by those assurances. And so I will not want us to continue because it's not the day for us to celebrate them. I have had a unique opportunity of being celebrated by this house on three occasions. And it's all in the Hansard. And it's going to be part of my publications so that we see how we sacrifice and committed ourselves to serve the nation. It's good for all of you to go this way. Buy your time. Don't be too over-ambitious. When God says, this is your turn, nobody can take it away from you. And so it has happened. And I'm happy that the transition has been that smooth. I think it's a very good precedent 
and I want to call on the nation to continue to follow this good example. Alban Bagbeni, Speaker of Parliament. All right, so one question that has arisen in all of this is what happens to the position of the Minister for uh, Parliamentary Affairs, which was one of the positions uh, the outgone majority leader, Sergei Mensabos, who held, and whether indeed the new majority leader automatically assumes the role of leader of government business. Today, uh, MP for Tamale North, after the speeches, uh, posed that question. He wanted guidance from the Speaker, and this was what ensued. With the changes now, is it automatic that one of the new leader, Honorable Afenio Martins, becomes automatically the Minister of Parliamentary Affairs and leader of government? Right, your guidance. Honorable members, it's not for the House to determine who is leader of government business. It's for the government of the day to designate somebody as leader of government business. The person does not necessarily have to be the majority leader. The majority may not be in power. You can have a minority in power. The majority could be in power, but the government could You have different people holding different portfolios that are designated as leader of government business in the House. It's not something we should discuss, and it is not for us to decide. I don't want to encourage you to go. You want to say something about it? Uh, um, I will allow him to share his experience with you. Yes, please. Speaker, as you rightly said, you may have situations where the party and the executive may not have majority of seats in parliament. In that case, if they happen to be in the minority, the minority leader will be the leader of government business and not the majority leader. In this case where the majority caucus has, is aligned with the um, party in government, the majority leader, in my absence, having left, is going to be the leader of government business. And of course, as majority leader, as leader of the House, to the extent that if you want one voice to speak for the House, you'll be the person. So he's the majority leader, leader of the House, and the um, leader of government business. The other one, with respect to the Minister for Parliamentary Affairs, will be determined by the President. Yes, please. Mr. Speaker. The designation read by your good self, you know, the letter from the party read by your good self, and the designation by the immediate past leader of the House did not include the leader of government business. So, Speaker, the MPP may be the governing party, but they are not the government. And it is important for the government to designate someone as the leader of government business, as we speak, now, Mr. Speaker, the Honorable Afenio Markin, Pamina, is the leader of the majority and not the leader of government business. So, Mr. Speaker, the writing must be done. The government must communicate to you officially 
who the leader of government business will be. But as, I, as we speak now, he's the leader of the majority, but certainly not the leader of government business. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I, I don't want us to debate this matter, but I can give you a bite, but I don't want us to debate it. It's not for us to decide, but please say, say a few words. Mr. Speaker, I'm just going to the standing orders. Mr. Speaker, I'm going to the standing orders. If you look at page 5 of our new rules book, leader of government business, leader of government business, I would invite my colleague, the minority leader, to go with me to page 5 of the rules of this house, where he will look at that is interpretation clause, respectfully. And he's not saying include, he says meet, meet. Leader of government business means the leader of the party or parties in parliament which form the government. Atul, your question has been answered. This is it. No, it will be superfluous. It will be superfluous for the party to state that it's been defined. So you heard um, the the new majority leader Kwame Nafenyo Makin ending that interaction between. Um, uh, you know, uh, Osechi Mensabunsu, Speaker of Parliament, Mutala, and then uh, to forcing on what really the position entails, you know, uh, government leader of government business, uh, Minister for Parliamentary Affairs and all of that. But let's speak to um, an experienced member of the legislature uh, who is actually bowing out of the House and who has had some opinions or his own views on the happenings in Parliament in recent days. Uh, the Honorable Samuel Atacha, who is Member of Parliament for Abuakwa South. Hello, good evening, sir. Welcome to Eyewitness News. We know earlier in the week, you said the timing of this reshuffle uh, was problematic. Have you since revised your position? I have not. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, I, I, I think we, we, look, our connection to you is not the best. If, 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 you could, if you could restate the point. Hello? Yes. Uh, apologies. Our, our connection to uh, the Honorable Samuel Atacha is, is, is not the best. We're trying to uh, reconnect with him and see if we can reach him on a better line. In the meantime, you can reach us or you can uh, your comments are welcome via WhatsApp line 0549986996. Um, a number of your messages have come through. Alasan Hamdan from Nyohini South says it's clear former majority leader Seche Mesa Bonsu has been booted out by President Akufado. Uh, in Rambo style, uh, Baba Chairman in Tamale uh, says, please let me use your medium to wish the new majority leader in the house the best and God guide God's guidance. There is a huge mountain for him to carry the entire majority course on and I believe he will love or he will live up to the expectations Alex doing in London says no long talk this government is a failure. Akapor Jr. in Hafumim says the outgoing leader has read uh, an enviable credentials uh, to Parliament and Ghanaians at large, but the question is, was he able to use his position to benefit the good people of Swami who sent him there? Absolutely no, you say. The people are still wallowing in poverty, you claim. Honorable Ayuba from Yagbon says, um, I'm not a member of parliament, but I have learned a lot from Honorable Chairman Sabunsu, the former majority leader, and he will uh, definitely miss his leadership in parliament. Less than 10, min 10 months of the MPP to leave office, reshuffling their front bench is unnecessary. In fact, Honorable Osechi Mesabozu is indeed an institution. 
Babamu from Tamale says, congratulations once again to the new leadership of the majority caucus. I think the dust has been settled now. Good evening. Uh, Francis says, um, I so must it take someone to die or retire for nice words to be said about the person. Uh, just surprised what's being said about the former leader. Uh, Daniel Akpaliok in Sanema says, no matter how they reshuffle their leaders in parliament, Ghanaians are poised to show them the exit come December. We have ha- we have suffered injustice, abuse of power, and very serious economic difficulties under their watch. Uh, Ghanaians are wise and won't give any uh, deception uh, foothold. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. Uh, it does appear we are having difficulties with uh, the line to uh, the Honorable Atacha. And um, of course, we understand he's on the road. And I'm sure the, the connection along the line is not being the best. I'm still on this matter. Political scientist or political analyst, Dr. Richard Amwakoba, uh, says Osage Mensah's resignation as a majority leader uh, will significantly impact both the majority caucus and the party as a whole, accusing uh, President Akufado of forcing um, him to step down. Dr. Amakoba suggests that the party shouldn't have treated him in that manner, taking into consideration um, his long service um, in uh, in Parliament. Um, uh, Dr. Um, Richard Amakuba, um is on the line, or we're trying to reach him, and then uh, we will uh, bring you some more information on this eyewitness news on 97.3 ctfm we will take a short break we'll return and we'll bring you all those interviews don't go up. let your voice be heard on eyewitness news on facebook at facebook.com forward slash city 97.3 twitter at twitter.com forward slash city 973 and instagram at instagram.com forward slash city 973 with the hashtag eyewitness news Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. We're still in Parliament on the matter of the reshuffle of the uh, majority bench. And as you may be aware by now, Oseche Mensah-Busu has bowed out and has handed over to uh, the uh, member from Efutu, Apenyomakin, Apenyomakin. And there's been some changes on the majority uh, bench, as you may know. Patricia Piaget is now deputy to Afanyomakin as deputy majority leader. Uh, Frank Anando remains a majority chief whip, uh, deputized by uh, Habib uh, from Tolong. And, uh, and, and and it continues like that. Uh, but a few people have expressed some difficulty or some, some difficulty really with uh, the situation. One of such persons is Atacha who says that the timing is wrong. Um, we know that Joe Wusu was also not pleased with the turn of events. Uh, indeed, he did say that no such change was contemplated only to uh, uh, have it that the following day, the man himself resigned uh, stating in the voice you just heard that the president required of him to do so. And also, now, uh, Dr. Richard Amakoba, who, who is a senior, uh, who's a political analyst and, and one time, you know, contender for the party's chairmanship position, is saying that uh, Osechi Mensabus was not treated well. Uh, let's interrogate this further. He joins us on the line. Hello, good evening, um, sir. Welcome to Eyewitness News. Your view is that Osechi Mensabus, having served parliament this long, has not been treated well. Why do you say so? Well, uh, long service to your country is not epitomized uh, by by really sucking, you know, or being forced out if you want to be polite. Because that's what happens. If you've done well, you should be celebrated. You should be you should be thanked. You see, you should be able to say proper farewell to your colleagues in the parliament. That's not what happened. 
But he did so today. I mean, he, he had time to read a speech and he thanked everybody who helped him, etc. He said farewell. That's what he said. And indeed, people said nice things about him. And he, he himself in that address said that he voluntarily resigned. Maybe he's come to the end of the road. I mean, he's come to the end of the yeah, road and it was time for a new person to take over. If he's what he's saying is all true, that's not how it should be. If you have long serves like this, the longest servant empty, there has to be some form of fanfare to say goodbye to you. You know, all over the world, that's how it's done. In some places, your 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 comrades will come and bow before you and say goodbye, thank you, something like that. Uh, today he's speaking as a team a team player. Doesn't want uh, any division, further division because of him. So he came to make amends. So he's speaking like that. But you listen to others. That's not how it is. He was told to step down before before he went to the meeting. You see, and he didn't want to roll for further. So he said, "Okay, I resign." But it shouldn't be like that. But you know, the president wanted to reach into parliament to decide who, how things should be over there, and they resisted. But the president cannot fire the uh, majority leader from parliament because he won elections to go there. You can only fire him or push him out from being uh, minister of parliamentary affairs. That one, the president appointed him, therefore... Which, which he hasn't done. So if your argument is anything to go by, where the president has that direct role to play, as in relieving him of that position, he hasn't done that. And in case of the, in the case of the position of the majority oh, leader... Oh, what are you talking about? He hasn't done that. No, I mean, he's not relieved him of the... No, no, he, he has what not... No, as far as we know, he still remains minister for parliamentary affairs. Well, no, but that, that's so, a fact as so, we speak. So what was he forced out of? What? No, he said he voluntarily resigned. So I'm not sure whether not he was forced out or not. Don't, don't we have sense to know what is going on? Is, is you going to go by what he says? Are we robots? Listen to his own colleagues. Atatia will tell you. This is not right. Joe Weiss will tell you. So what are we talking about now? Are we children? Uh, on, no. on, on, unless, of course, you, you are suggesting that uh, the the Sechi is not being honest with Ghanaians by saying that he voluntarily resigned. He, he, he may not he be happy, but... He doesn't want to ruffle feathers. And it's, it's, it's appropriate because he's a politician. There's already division in the party. You want him to add on to it? So, so let, let's, let's, let's go on your tangent. Now, why will you think the president will want such, uh, you know, an influential person in parliament out if, if, if what you're saying is anything to go by? He wants to have a stamp even on the parliament, as he's doing now. Who is who is speaking Baumia's uh, campaign team? Who? Who is it? Is it Baumia or the president? Who is it? Is it his campaign team? No, Baumia, as far as you know, is the one picking his team. Really? So he picked all the people from Eastern region, most of them from Eastern region, none, none from the north. What's going on here? This is what Baumia did, no so. When they started this deal, was in the forefront of Baumia's team. So he was fully supporting him. Why would he remove him abruptly like that? If for any reason at all, let him finish his term. Let this parliament come to an end peacefully. He could still be campaigning for them, but he'll still be majority leader and minister, minister of parliamentary affairs. No problem. No division. No rancor. 
This is not what happened. And we cannot go by what they say or what somebody has said in order to bring uh, 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 smoothness in this deal. We have to look through it. You see, it makes no sense for this to happen. If you talk to many of the elders, those who have experience, they'll tell you the same thing, not just what they are saying. I see. You you are saying so because you say if Bahamian had picked his own team, you would have a lot more northness in the team. I find that quite problematic because uh, Bahamian is seeking to lead Ghanaians, not just northness. But that that claim is even problematic or not accurate because we have persons yeah, like Dr. Doctor... No, 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 I'm just pointing out the facts. If you know the stuff, why not you tell the people? No, no, we, we, are, inter we, are, we, are, we are interrogating the argument, respectfully, sir. So, for example, we have Dr. Ibrahim Anyas. Who, who who is deputy to the presidential campaign? Um, we 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 have um, uh, Mr. Salifu Said. We we have Dominic Nitiwul. We have Agba uh, Komeni, and quite, quite, quite a number of people in the Many team. Many of these people are Kufuadu's people. That's what I'm saying. Not just Northness. He said he's his own man. You cannot wait until the final day of the election to become your own man. It starts now. You pick your people you are going to work with. That's what I'm telling you. If you want to be your own man, you start right now. Not wait till the one day before the election before you become your own man. How do you do that? Mm. So the people you pick speak to what you want to do. The way you say things. The program of action you are going to have. All of it is what makes you your own man. I see. What, what is it? Doing? What, 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 what's, what's your view on the argument that you know they they are going into an election, a very difficult election, the new new energy, new ideas, you know, Osechi Mensah is not returning to parliament, so perhaps they need a younger person who is hungrier, and they found that person in somebody Osechi Mensah himself, you know, had groomed, you know, Afemu uh, Markin, and he is the one taking over. He he ticks or checks all the boxes. What's your view on that argument? Well, parliamentary affairs are a bit different, uh, not really so important when it comes to campaigning. You know, I mean, the, the MPs may go out and campaign for him if he happens to be in their constituency and so forth. But issues of leadership in parliament must be done by parliamentarians. By parliamentary rules, that's how it should be done, not by the executive. But Sir Chairman Sabonsu took the position of Minister of Parliamentary Affairs and put himself under the president. This is what happened. So today, when the president comes, okay, you are fired, you are fired. And he wouldn't want to be just a member of a parliament and no longer a minister. So he quit. This is what went on. He's trying to be polite. Can't we see his words? I see. What, what do you think is the consequence of, of this reshuffle then? Well, it's not really reshuffle. I mean, if the leader has stepped down, people must move up. And this is what happens most of the time. The deputy becomes the, the, uh, the, the key person, and they move up like that. And this is pretty much what they've done. So there, there's no surprise there, you know. But what should be the but consequence of, of this movement? Well, it remains to be seen because it, it's quite new. It's quite new. It's one thing being deputy, it's quite another being in charge. And so let's see how uh, 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 the new guy does, Uncle Martin does, and then we'll see where he's going, whether he's going to be successful or not. Well, pretty much, it's not a big deal, you understand. It's not only the one who decides the cases. They get together, they talk together, and they decide. Even picking the leadership, 
They, they are supposed to do it themselves. In most countries, no outsiders come in. Parliamentary business belongs to parliamentarians. But the, the party, party, the party obviously plays a role in that. Well, the only way the party plays a role is talking to its members before they go to parliament to take that decision. You understand? The party can advise, uh, uh, advise them, we, we think you should vote for so and so and so and so. That's it. If they get there and the members think that that is not appropriate, they won't vote for that person. And there's nothing the party can do. Mm. And that's how it should be. The party should not be under tremendous influence from the, from the, the, the MPs. From the party, no. Parliamentary affairs must be handled in Parliament. If the party wants to have some influence, you talk to your members ahead of time before they go to Parliament to take effect of what they want to do. That's how it should be. Not the party reaching to Parliament to decide who should do this and who should do that. No. I see. We've seen Affinity Market in the last few years and, and, and the way he's assisted Oseche and you know his own record in the House, etc. Uh, do you have confidence that he's able to lead the majority side in this difficult parliament where we have 137, 137 members? Well, that remains to be seen because Affinity uh, uh, Market is a bit uh, boisterous than Oseche in his And you very soon find out that uh, that attitude doesn't go very well within the leader itself. Because at times you have to meet your colleagues on the side. Make some agreement ahead of time before you talk. Compromises, that's what I'm talking about. So he will learn soon enough. He will learn. He has no choice but to learn. Very well. Um, thanks so much, um, Dr. Richard Amakuba, for speaking to us. Dr. Richard Amakuba is a political analyst and uh, he was just assisting us analyze the happenings in Parliament. Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Now, uh, the, the Ghana... Toll Workers Association um, has denied reports by the Youth Employment Agency uh, suggesting it has employed some former toll collectors. The agency yesterday announced the recruitment of 282 people living with disabilities, including 90 former uh, toll booth operators. Uh, the CEO of the YEA, Kofi Jabin, who announced this, said it was an approach by the government to reduce the high rate of unemployment among persons with disability. Now, uh, the secretary uh, for the Ghana Toll Workers Association, uh, Edward Duncan, joins us on the line to, to help us appreciate really what the matters are. Hello, good evening, sir. Welcome to Eyewitness News. Is it your case that not even a single one of your members, persons living with disability, have been engaged or employed by the Ghana Employment Agency um, after, you know, the, the, the whole debacle or the whole issue about the toll boots occurred? Uh, good evening, my boss, for having me. Good evening to your listeners as well. Um, well, first of all, uh, let's state that we're about 800 toll boot workers, former toll boot workers, and we were promised that we we're going to be reassigned and then also there's another promise that we want this conversation to be had. It shouldn't be swept under the carpet. That that we are going to be paid a monthly salary or until we are reassigned. Now, yesterday we saw in the media space that, uh, like you rightly said, YE, the government claims that through YE it has employed some 99 of PWDs who used to work at, at the various toll booths. We wish to state that even though we do understand or accept that the government is taking steps uh, to 
as it were, solve or, or fulfill its promise of reassignment. It is not true that those 99 people have been engaged. What is true is that got, they have gone for interviews. Now, as whether they, are, they will be uh, employed or not, it's another matter altogether. They have not been given any form of uh, employment letters. How, how long ago were these interviews or did they attend these interviews? They started yesterday and even uh, today, even today, I heard that some of them were supposed were slated for today. So for the CEO to come out and say that 99 have been employed is not entirely true. They have started the process, they have gone for interviews uh, for them to be employed. What is, uh, what, what baffles us is that since this has been coined as trying to uh, fulfill the government's promise to former two boot workers, out of that 282 number that was quoted and 99 are former two boot workers, what? Where from the rest, the rest that makes up the 282, where from there, how did they get on board what has been promised former two good workers? And then also, about 800 of us, like I earlier said, uh, former two good workers. What's going to happen to all of us? See, what has happened is that some of the persons living with disability who were working legitimately under the two uh, regime were people who did not have um, secondary uh, education, even with their GSS educa- uh, level of education, they were okay working at the top. This module that came um, sidelined all of them, those with the GSS level, sidelined them, uh, and the door was open for only people who had a minimum of SHS qualification. So that section of disabled or PWDs who did not have SHS have also been put aside and nothing has been said about this. The unfortunate thing in the posture of the government is that initially when all these things happened they were engaging Ghana to workers union which is us the union us to work for the various tools. the government was engaging us through the Ministry of Roads and Highways the Minister Honorable Minister of Roads and Highways and other uh, government uh, uh, I mean people in authority but as we kept pressing for uh, 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 making the demand for the promises that was made to us, which is the salary areas and then the reassignment. At a point in time, they shifted, the government or the authorities shifted their focus and started dealing with the Ghana Federation of Disabled. Ghana Federation of Disabled, even though there were persons with disability who were working at the toll, uh, at the toll station, that is not the right agency for the government to be dealing with when it comes to matters of toll Boot workers, the right uh, 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 people to be dealing with is the Ghana to Workers Union. I, I see. Yeah, yes, but but before that, um, you you, uh, you said that uh, government promised to be paying your monthly salaries, which I think yeah. government is still doing right. So as you speak, you know, uh, end of January, you got paid the same amount of money you were paid whilst you were doing the work. Now that you are at home, no. the same money no. is still coming to you. No, they no, stopped. They stopped paying, contrary to the promise. Yes, they stopped paying. What they did was that in 2021, November, if you go, you recall, we rightly recall, November, the closure happened. 17th November, I will never forget that date. 17th December, and it happened. And then they actually paid the November and December together for the 2021. But from January 2022, up to as I'm talking to you now, nobody has been paid a single city. 
but this is a promise that was captured. So do you do, do you do you do you term that as arrears owed you by government, or have you had conversations on that? And what has government been telling you? Initially, when we started engaging the government and the authorities, including the Minister for Roads and Highways and Abu, and even as we treated by the then um, Deputy Majority Chief Whip, uh, I forgot the name. Is it Habib from Tolon? Yes. Yes, Habib Bikisu. We treated when we presented our petition uh, in Parliament. He said that the government has taken steps to pay or is taking steps to pay us a monthly allowance for upkeep until they find us alternate livelihoods. And for um, with the closed doors meeting that we've had with the Honorable Minister for Roads and Highways, Honorable Amakwata, he has also said it on countless occasions that the government is going to pay us. So we know that the government owes us because the promise was that we'll pay you until we reassign you. So until that reassignment happens, the government owes us. And then also, let's make this point uh, also clear. I mean, those of us who used to work with the private, because I was a private contractor, I was handling about 20 of the major tools in the country. Now, from we kept engaging them as well, as, alongside engaging the Ministry of Rules and Highways. And somewhere in June 2022, um, they gave us a letter of termination of employment because they felt that the government was not fulfilling its part of the budget because the salary or the pay was supposed to go through them because they were paying us. So it was supposed to go through them to be given to us, to pay it into our account. But because it wasn't forthcoming, they couldn't hold the, they couldn't hold the front for government anymore. So they had to terminate our employment. So, I mean, Granted that we are going to go by paperwork and by by strict law, not by promises, not by words that were said. What evidence we have is that our left our our termination of employment took effect in June 2022. So what it means is that from January 2022 to June 2022, we were employed legally employed mm. by the Tools and Roots Management Limited which was contracted by the government to collect salary, uh, I mean, tools for them. So, uh, legally or on paper, the government owes it from uh, January 2022 to June 2022 if they will not go by their promises that they made to us. Very well. Um, we want to thank you so much for, for making time to speak to us, and I'm sure your concerns as raised will be addressed by the appropriate quarters. Thanks so much. Edward Duncan, a secretary of the Ghana Toll Workers Association. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. Uh, we'll take a short break. When we return, Akosia Autry uh, will be here again with City Business News. Don't go away. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Ah, you know, you papa see that. And it's rickety car. Hey, papa. Papa. Ah, Bobo, so how your engine now? It is half man, half amazing. Thanks to cars and you. Don't feel better energy. Can't touch this. So Sancho's engine just died like that? Yes, so Somebody managed to convince him that there is a better engine oil than quartz. And he switched. Ah, Sancho Panza. Ah. 
Now, which engine oil can be better than Quartz? No other, my guy. Quartz with its age-resistant technology, it keeps your engine younger. Now you know. Have you guys seen the new bottle design? It's superb. Quartz 9000 from Total Energy's DA improves fuel efficiency. Why do you think Mr. Mane and Logoso have taken the Quartz Nation Movement World Cup like that? Mr. Mane, sorry, sorry. Chairman, no money. Chairman, hey, Chairman! Quartz, keep your engine younger for longer. Imagine strutting into the most anticipated wedding of the year. Only to see seven other girls wearing your exact same outfit. You are special and one of a kind. And that's why whether it's voice, data or SMS, you get to enjoy personalized offers tailored to your specific needs with MTN just for you. Dial star 141 hash or select your options on the My MTN app to redeem your unique just for you package on Ghana's best mobile network. MTN. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News and Eyewitness News brought to you by GCB Bank PLC. GCB Personal Loan. Make that big move and dream a reality. I am Akosia Ocho. Let's settle for details of our stories now. Tax analyst Jeffrey Okanse is hopeful of a positive outcome of findings from the audit firm KPMG contracted by government to investigate the revenue assurance contracts between the Ghana Revenue Authority and the Strategic Mobilization Limited SML. All the audit findings on the transaction involving the two institutions is expected to be delivered to President Akufuado today. In an interaction with City Business News, the tax analyst said, although he is against the decision to outsource the audit work to a private firm, he trusts the professionalism. Technically, I'm hopeful that the, the, the report, I am not doubting the competence of KPMG of doing a good work. And for that reason, I will be counting on their professionalism and their firm hands at doing a good audit and a good report system. That you can trust KPMG for. So I'm, I'm hoping they will bring out a very professional work. That said, I'm also on the second note looking at the fact that it was not necessary for us to even go into the, uh, the deal itself in the first place already. Jeffrey Okanse is a tax analyst. Now, as the December 2024 general election approaches, pressure is mounting on the government to prioritize critical issues such as rise, uh, price stability, a resilient currency, and a conducive business environment for the private sector. Or well, economist Dr. Patrick Isumain emphasizes that addressing these concerns is crucial amid economic headwinds. Here's economist Dr. Patrick Isumain highlighting the urgency for Ghana to address its economic challenges. I think we have to think about the inflation, fighting the inflation longer term. And we have to understand that the inflation we see is a consequence of difficulties within the economy. So we shouldn't get too fixated on trying to fight the inflation per se. If we rebuild the economy and it's stronger, then prices will st stabilize. If we just focus on trying to fight the inflation, we might take some short-term measures that might have negative long-term consequences. So by that I mean, let's focus on 
boosting our investment in food. Economist Dr. Patrin Isumain speaking there. The Food and Beverages Association of Ghana has warned that the cost of food will surge in the upcoming months if the government fails to address the escalating inflation rates in the country. In January 2024, Ghana experienced a marginal uptick in inflation reaching 23.5% following a five-month period of deceleration. General Secretary of Fabag Samolato Agri in an interview City Business News expressed concern over the government's reluctance to review burdensome taxes and also reduce import duties. If you look at the food inflation, it's still very high. It hasn't dropped in any way. It's, it keeps on going up. And what I see, um, because... Uh, Definitely taking any measure to do some changes in that area in terms of uh, the import duties that we have, the city, and then also the taxes that we've been paying. Nothing has been done. So with the food sector, you see that all the indications are that they keep on going up. And this is where my fear is, that if we are not careful, uh, in the middle of the year, we are going to see further increase in that area. So. Um, is that will do something drastic. Samolato Agri, General Secretary of the Food and Beverages Association of Ghana. Now, the Pevens Farmers Association of Ghana is urging the government to prioritize investment in six key staple crops to reduce over-reliance on imports. The association believes this step will not only boost the agricultural sector, but also contribute to the overall economic transformation through agriculture and industrial growth. Here's the president of the Peasant Farmers Association of Ghana, Wepia Awal Edugwala. The Peasant Farmers Association of Ghana would like to add its voice to calls by some recent institutions for government to invest in the six staple crops, namely rice, maize, soya bean, tomatoes, cassava, and cowpea for agriculture and industrial transformation. Reports indicate that Ghana spent over $2.5 billion on food imports in 2019, and the figure may even be higher at the moment. Ghana imports fresh tomatoes from Burkina Faso at a cost of about $120 million. President of the Peasant Farmers Association of Ghana, Wepia Awal Edugwala, now, the inability of local businesses to properly prepare documentations is hampering progress in the application for tax exemptions. Now, this is according to the exemptions unit of the finance ministry. Principal budget analyst and head of exemptions at the ministry, Emmanuel Edu Maji Mensa, in an interview uh, with the media, highlighted the need to address inadequacies in the preparation of tax exemption applications. Is actually do not take the pain to prepare their documents. They have difficulty preparing the documents that is required to go to through the process. And because of that, applications are submitted and you cannot actually work on them because they are not well. They don't come with business proposals or the business plans. The, what the law requires them to present, they don't do that. And because of that, you are not able to advance their documents through the system. And then one, was, one other observation is that people tend to rely on personalities instead of focusing on what is required of them to submit. They rely on big names in the country, thinking that once they mention the big names, they are okay. okay? So really, that is one of the, or 
areas that need to be addressed. That was voice of Emmanuel Mensah, who is Principal Budget Analyst and Head of Exemptions at the Ministry of Finance. And that's how we wrap up this week's edition of City Business News and Eyewitness News. It was brought to you by GCB Bank POC. GCB Personal Loan, make that big move and dream a reality. I am Akosi Autre. Up next is Point Blank. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Twenty minutes to the top of the hour. Welcome to Point Blank on Eyewitness News. My name is Salom Adunu. Tonight on Point Blank, we bring you an interview with former chairman of the New Patriotic Party, the Honorable Freddie Blay, on happenings in the New Patriotic Party. Because the party has been in the news for the past week for various reasons. But before that, the National Invitational Students Athletics Championship, NISAG, originally scheduled to have started from tomorrow, it's been postponed. indefinitely to make way for the All-African Games which will be staged at the same venue the University of Ghana Stadium the event as you may know by now has been put together by City TV and, the, and Ghana Athletics the announcement again is that NISAG 
which is a national invitational students athletics championship put together by CTTV and Ghana Athletics has been indefinitely postponed to make way for the All-African Games. So we're bringing you updates on the new dates. So in the meantime, let's hear Fred Blay in that interview with my colleague Hansen Ajiman. Campaigns as, as a member of parliament going for election and of course also as chairman of uh, in the capacity of as a chairman of my party I have, a, I have a rough idea of what it is that one is when you say you are an advisor do you take a global view of the campaign see the conduct of its uh, various uh, committees and individuals, how they are conducting the campaign. You monitor it, you listen to what others are saying. You'll be in a position to appreciate what's happening if you have the opportunity. It's not only the candidate that you will advise, but you may get in touch with uh, the individuals involved and uh, have some small conversation or discussion with them. In, in suggest what you believe will help the campaign. That will be the form. Mind you, those who have been considered as uh, advisors are uh, particularly the, the two top uh, persons involved. That is the current president and the former president and a few others who have been mentioned will be busy normally. And uh, they wouldn't be almost always on it, but they will observe, they will listen, and then if there are suggestions they will make in a very diplomatic way or effective way, they will suggest it to the candidate. We know this is not the first time the NPP is having an advisory committee as part of its campaign structure, but would the committee often do not be speaking one, with one voice, as in or the views of the committee to the campaign team and to the flag bearer be streamlined in one way or any of the people in the committee at work can reach out to their campaign team or the uh, flag bearer and offer advice? I believe that will be the, the form it will take. It will not be that uh, the committee will meet as a body. Look, I don't have an idea what it is, but if it becomes necessary, why not? But I don't believe that would be the form it would take. Uh, individuals, they move, they play a role of uh, uh, moving from one place to the other as they normally do. Or, or where they are, a lot of people get in touch with them. And th things are going the way they think will yield good results. They will go or urge the candidate and his team to do exactly that. On the other hand, if things are not moving the way they expect it or they hear that things are not moving the way it should, they will feel free to call the candidate, get in touch with the candidate. And I will say that even as I earlier on pointed out, individual members of various committees can easily be reached. And a discussion can take place 
as to how things should be organized. Should I take should I take it that the committee since the inauguration have not started work um, in the strict sense of it? Uh, well, the, which committee are you referring to? The advisory committee. Well, it was it hasn't been inaugurated as such. It's been announced. Uh, for example, it's been announced, and it's not that they will inaugurate it. Maybe the various committee will be uh, announced, but I don't think the advisory committee itself will be inaugurated as such. But maybe as the president asks and when he feels that we should meet, well, he will back on us to meet. As and when he thinks we should meet, we will uh, maybe assembly at the home of uh, the former president, uh, President the Kumkufo, or even at the president's house, if need be. And then we will discuss what ought to be done, what advice to give, whom to get in touch, how to monitor and review what is happening. I believe that is a form this uh, campaign would take. I ask this question because we've observed that two key important uh, decisions have been made since the announcement of the various committees. One has been the decision to make the leader of the majority side in parliament the head of the manifesto committee and also the appointment of various subcommittee heads for the purpose of drawing up the manifesto. Did the advisory committee or anybody in the advisory committee, or particularly you, have any role to play in any of these decisions? Listen, you don't want me to openly discuss uh, the strategy of the party in respect of their campaign. No, I wouldn't do so. But uh, there have been a lot of consultation between the the, the candidates and individual members and maybe groups within the party. And that's the way it's going. And I believe uh, it's yielding good results. It's a strategy. We are preparing towards a vigorous campaign. And we will take certain decisions that he thinks he will take certain decisions that he thinks will help uh, move the campaign. Now, this brings us to the conversation in Parliament. You make a crucial change like this. Your leader, chairman of the Manifesto Committee, his deputy, takes over. You have two people introduced to the leadership bench because one has been nominated as a minister. You've been in Parliament before. In the lead-up to, to a general election, how crucial is the role of leaders of various caucuses in the national campaign in various constituencies. Come again. Uh, so, I'm saying, so I'm saying that for the parliamentary primaries, that's leaders of a caucus aside campaigning in their respective constituencies play any role in the other constituencies of their members? Why not? Then I'm quite often the leaders uh, find a way of uh, playing several roles. Uh, the advice, as I have pointed out in some cases, the leader in, in parliament, if you are finding it difficult as an individual uh, pursuing your campaign or 
meeting some problems or challenges, you definitely get in touch with him. And if there is any suggestion he will make, or if there are suggestions he will have to make to you, or if there's some help, or raising resources, or advising party supporters, or some people who are resourceful to come to your aid, one way or the other, they will do it. I think it happens quite often. Could that be the reason Oseche Mensabonsi is taking off because he's decided to voluntarily not contest this time? Obviously, he's already decided that he wouldn't contest. And even before that decision, Oseche Mensabonsi has been playing quite a significant role in the campaign of the candidate, Dr. Baumia's campaign. You could see he's been going around particularly to Ashanti region with him and rallying some of the members of parliament towards that. As he mentioned, he wants us to break the eight and he's not leaving any stone on ten to ensure that it happens. Before, during and after, definitely he will be useful. He has tremendous experience and uh, has seen a lot of campaigns and uh, elections so definitely his role will be very significant. So those who say that he's been moved from his leadership role because he's not contesting in his constituency are not making uh, good guesses or arguments? That, I don't believe that it's been moved. Mind you, the term is not ended. He was selected for a period of four years and he's going to remain a member of parliament for that time. Uh, it's, it does appear to me that uh, it may be necessary for him to play other roles towards breaking the eight, and that may be the reason why uh, it's been decided, or we have decided, the party has also endorsed it, that let him play that role and let others also, who may not have too much on their hand, you know, take, assume his role. So it's been decided that we are. Uh, okay with it for now. Processes leading to his resignation and subsequent appointment of um, the person of Alexander Pengemarkin have not been that smooth. We saw a press statement or a, a press address by Joseph Osuewusu who said that there was no contemplation of removing or even restructuring the leadership in parliament. Subsequent to the resignation, he has indicated that he's disappointed at that. Uh, Atachia has also indicated that if it is not uh, handled appropriately, it may affect the unity of the uh, caucus in parliament, or it may affect key government business in parliament. That's what actually he mentioned. And based on all these comments, some analysts have indicated that it might cause this unity. Are these concerns valid? Definitely concern raised by some leading members in parliament should not be taken for granted. It's, uh, it's important that any change may not be that smooth because the people who may wholeheartedly agree to it, others will think it's not necessary and that things should have been left just like that. And uh, for the caucus, maybe there was a little hiccup in terms of communication or rallying everybody else to be part of that decision 
and others might have expressed some uh, disagreement over it. But on the whole, it's been quite smooth. And uh, unity is key in Parliament. Unity within the party is key. Uh, Parliament should align with the party and indeed with the presidency as it is for a smooth transition towards our breaking the aid. And uh, we should be alert. And uh, individuals who are in Parliament were key, I would say, key members of the caucus, as parliamentary caucus in Parliament express any uh, doubt or I won't say disagreement, but concern over what we are doing and how things are being done. As I said, we need to have communication smoothened and ensure that uh, we are all adhering towards uh, ensuring that we put up a good front, a good organization and a machinery towards the prosecution of the campaign. But be it as it may, the party had met, decided that this is the way we want to go. And I think uh, we should allow things to flow. Something that Alexander Penyumakin is a perfect replacement to um, do you believe so? Why not? He's been a, a deputy uh, leader in parliament quite vocal also and uh, can chew gum and walk in a straight line at the same time. What I mean is that uh, you could always speak, think and uh, argue and he's a very uh, nice personality in parliament. He can deal with his people on a very easy time. Parliament needs not, it's not a classroom. Parliament is not uh, an organization that the leader blows a whistle and everybody should form uh, a long line behind him. You need to persuade them because they are from individual constituencies and from different backgrounds. And therefore, they must also look the way you want to look. In some cases, it's, 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 you need to cajole them. In some cases, you need to browbeat them. In some cases, you need to persuade them. You need to use all factors to ensure that your leadership will have it easy. At this time that we have a very thin majority, indeed, it's almost on equal terms with the NDC. The leader must rely on all kinds of uh, uh, versatility in, in ensuring that uh, the party is united, if the caucus is united. In parliament, they are aligned with uh, the party and align also with the, more importantly, with the Jubilee. To uh, a former majority leader, Abraham Osei Edu, who argues that, per his understanding of the new standing orders, political parties. Osei Tema West. Yeah, that's right. I'm a very good friend. He used to be a very good friend. Yeah, we were together on the front bench yes. when we were in parliament. He's saying that he, the new standing orders, he believes that the, the role of political parties have been ousted? Uh, well, the standing orders had been crafted by 
members of parliament themselves in some cases in consultation with the party as well. But mainly the leadership as it used to be that the leadership would draw up the standing of the to gather. You know, they, they have the, they are the masters of their own uh, rules and uh, regulations you know, subject to the constitution of course. Uh, leadership has to test an alignment with the political parties. It's a bit delicate. And it's very important that they should keep. Mind you, the party in MPP, for example, the party is aligned with parliament. And the parliament is aligned with, uh, with the party, particularly the leadership or the caucus. Now, you can't take any decision, although the constitution specifies, I'm talking about the party, because it specifies that it is the party that will... Uh, appoint, so to speak, or select, I don't want to say appoint, select the leadership of parliament. Ordinarily and invariably, it is in consultation with the uh, leadership of parliament or the caucus itself. If, if, if that is, is not aligned, it will create problems. Because why not? It's only when the beginning that of the term that uh, the party itself would not know who, which role each individual but it's a guesswork and therefore you put people who have played role in the in, in, in the effort towards the elections and immediately after the election then of course among the leadership or among whatever it is the decision will be taken as to who should be selected to be the leadership of parliament but invariably particularly if members of parliament remain there for a while, and this has been for a while, quite a number of them, greater percentage of members of the caucuses will remain, although there will be a change. You take decisions affecting them, them to who will lead them so that they will be behind the leadership. It's always important for the party to consult some leading members or known members, opinion leaders within the caucuses. More so when quite a number of them may be appointed as ministers. Those who remain and are taking some roles within the leadership, you need to talk to them. If you don't do that, the party, like a train, will be derailed because there will be disagreement here and there. And it is important always to keep a united front in parliament. So I will urge our party members, I will urge our, our leaders in the party, and of course even more importantly the Jubilee House, that we must always be sensitive to the feeling, and be in constant touch, consult the leadership, or opinion leaders within our caucuses in Parliament. That will make any change, no matter how it is intended, be smooth in Parliament. So that was Freddie Blay, former chairman of the New Patriotic Party, speaking to my colleague Hansen Ajiman on Point Blank tonight. This is how we end the show. Show produced by Nana Kobna Wilson and Beverly London. Earlier, you heard Akosi Autry. Technical assistance provided by Daniel Squashy. 
social media support by Daniel Abugri. Join me tomorrow, same time, t- tomorrow at 9 a.m. on The Big Issue as we discuss the topical issues for the week. My name is Selom Adunu. Up next is Sports Panorama. Have a good evening. City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959. And get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM, and on Twitter at City973. City 97.3 Accra